In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Welcome back to another episode of Betches Brides. I'm your new host, Fallon Carter. Thank you guys so much. We've had so many awesome reviews. I think you guys are kind of loving me and I love y'all right on back. Uh, last week, we had a great conversation with our first RBB, our Real Bitches Brides, Mila. Good luck on your wedding, sister friend. And we talked through a lot of great wedding trends about 2023 and 2024. I think we all have agreed no silk bridesmaids dresses, but let us know if you have made other plans. But now let's get to know this week's Real Betches Bride, an actual Betches Bride fan who is actually planning a wedding. And she just got engaged like this weekend. So she's ready. And she's going to tell us about her wedding journey. Uh, my goal is to help guide everyone that comes to this show through the process with practical tips and expert insights. So everyone give a warm welcome to our RBB of this week. Everyone, please meet Diana Hannenberg. Hi, so happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> How long were you guys dating? Well, we've been dating for a year and a half, but I'm in my mid 30s, so um, how to kiss a lot of frogs. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more, sister. Um, so, well, now is the time. You're making you're making some quick and dirty plans. I must say, you're trying to plan a wedding for this year. Is that correct? That's correct. September 2023. Don't hurt him, honey. All right, tell us a little bit more. What are you looking for? How many people are you thinking? And what's your vibe right now? I'm really focused on an intimate wedding. I don't want to go above a hundred guests. Um, I'm really, really enthusiastic about a great band. Um, that is the one thing I'm, my fiance and I are really focused on and that's mm -hmm. our top priority along with convenience. Um, I'm from the New York area and, um, I would love to get married somewhere in Brooklyn or, or New York. Um, so that okay. is also the goal of ours. Awesome. Cool, cool. All right. So what's keeping you up at night? What's on your mind other than the obvious of like, I need to do everything, every, everything right now. What are you thinking about and, and what's your focus right now? Um, the focus is, of course, is to find a venue. And then I think everything will I'll go from there. Um, so that's what is keeping me up at night. I, I have a general idea of what I want. I kind of want an organic type of exposed brick venue. Mm. Um, thinking in um, in Brooklyn, perhaps with a view of the New York skyline. It's kind of like a love letter to New York City since we met <laughs> in the city. Um, so that is sort of my vision. So now my, what's keeping me up at night is the location and yeah. the, the venue. Okay. Anything I can help you with particularly? Because I can just give you a whole bunch of tips on how to find a venue. But is there anything specific that you're having a hard time with? Like finding ones that have your date available maybe or finding ones that maybe are in the proximity or what's a question that you might have regarding a wedding venue? 
Um, I think the, the date availability is probably top of my list. I don't want to just yeah. go and search and go to various venues and then be disappointed in the end that my time yeah. is, is booked up. So I think the top, my top question is, what's advice that you give me um, for heading into Brooklyn? Should I, you know, call ahead? Should I have three venues in mind and, and just visit them in one day and decide after that? Um, I don't want to prolong the, um, the booking of a venue that I love, you know. 100%. Agree. So I will start off with saying September, any, any year is going to be the most busiest. Like our weddings are always booked out September and October. So I would say make sure you're staying flexible and make sure you're staying okay if it, if you do, if your dream venue does not come back with the date that you're looking for and find some wiggle room. If you want after Labor Day, I would say pick an idea or a window of time that you don't want to exceed. Like I'd love September if we can make it happen, but I'm willing to go latest the first week of November. So I would say give yourself some flexibility so you don't become stressed out or disappointed when you start to reach out. I would also say make a list of kind of what you want your venue to have. Sometimes we go with just, I want walls and a ceiling and a floor and it'll be great. But maybe think about first is you really want to understand your budget because then you can figure out, do you want a venue that has tables, chairs, linens, and has in-house catering and has the in-house bar? Or you want to think about, do you want a venue that allows you to be extremely creative? So bringing in everything from soup to nuts. So I would say create a list of kind of like, I want a venue that's turnkey. I walk into that bad boy. I bring some flowers and I call it a day. Or do I want something that really allows me to have some playtime? And I would also consider making a list of I love Brooklyn. I want to stay close, but what's the radius of how far I can travel? Am I open to going someplace that may be 30, 45 minutes outside of the city, maybe like Terrytown, like a place a few minutes upstate, as long as it's travel, um, it's easy to travel for your guests? Or are you like, you know what, Fallon, it's a non-negotiable, it has to be in Brooklyn proper, or are you open to Manhattan? So I think giving yourself a little bit more what are your non-negotiables and what are you okay with sacrificing will help your search a little bit more. What do you think? <laughs> that makes complete sense. Um, that's great advice. Now that you're talking about, you know, options where I have to bring in my vendors versus a place where I can just walk in and I could just choose one or two things to change and it be set for me, I think is really important to look at. And I think that's a priority because I don't think as we're having this conversation, I need to, I want to start looking at all these various vendors to bring in mm. and fill up the space that kind of gives me a little bit of anxiety, especially that I want to get, I'm hoping to get engaged by the end of, of this year. So that's, that's a pretty um, important point. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, because it's like, you're thinking six months out, you want to make this process as easy as possible. So I would say try and find as many vendors that are turnkey. And that also to us means vendors that can offer many things. Specifically, maybe you want to work with an event designer who can bring the chairs and bring linens and bring the flowers. So that way you're like a one-stop shop as many, as many times as possible. Sometimes you can't do it, but it's really worth it if you can find the right fit. And I think finding venues is really easy. I always start with like hotel list. And from there, you can start to search on maps and see what other places and spaces are nearby. But you're in a great location. There's tons of spaces in Brooklyn, New York, in Manhattan, especially. But I would say try even a little bit out further because in near the in the fall time, you're going to get great leave colors. 
uh, you're still going to get a great view. It's going to be a lot more natural. So keep your minds open for a few different spaces and places. Wow. Yeah. You do make a point about the fall, actually. <laughs> now that I'm talking to you, my idea is shifting. <laughs> Girl, I will talk you into Italy before this call is over. But um, (laughs) but also think about with a six-month turnaround time, as much as I want to pitch a planner for everything, consider maybe working with someone who can at least point you in the right direction to get your venue done. Um, But there's tons of websites you can go on that are best venues in New York or best turnkey venues. And you can – Google is really helpful. But identify some other friends of yours that had great weddings and ask them for references. And that's easy peasy. Sounds great to me. Cool. Thank you. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, so let's talk about something else on your mind. It sounds like you need to find a dress. I do need to find a dress. <laughs> I do need to find a dress. Luckily, I, I have created a, my marriage dreams Pinterest board since I was 22 years old, which I refined recently um, since my 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 idea of my wedding dress has changed drastically um it's so since we've been talking about venues and having more of an intimate venue I I don't want a big wedding and I think Mm -hmm. that somewhat coincides with the the dress that I want I I do want um maybe like a sheath type of dress that maybe hugs and fits my body that's not so overwhelming and elaborate but yet like classy so um that's where I'm, that's what I'm leaning towards, but they do, I just, people always say to me, you got to go first and see what looks good on you. You have this idea, but that may shift in a second. Once you try on the dress and your dreams and you, you look like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> well, th- this can go a whole different, I'm sure we're going to have a stylist on at one point. So I would, I always say, call someone you trust to help you find the right dress. But in your case, since you are coming up again on that six-month window, and dresses tend to take a little bit longer, I would say make sure you're calling um, kind of the dress shops or the bridal ateliers and asking, hey, this is what I'm working with. I'm trying to get married this year, which means I'm going to need a dress this year, <laughs> and see what they say. Yeah. And if they can help you, then you definitely add them to the, your list, schedule an appointment, and try on everything that's within your budget. I would say give a call first because you, you would hate to go to a shop that's like, I don't really know. We need this much lead time. So make sure you you have a, a clear list of vendors who really meet the needs of like, they can actually hook you up and help you out um, before you step foot and fall in love with something that can't really turn around. Yeah, that that makes sense. That that <laughs> would probably crush my dreams. I would find my dream dress and they said, you can't get it till next year. So <laughs> that would be yeah, smart. But there's, yeah. <laughs> but also a bridal stylist can really point you in the right direction, can also help your fiance make sure they they get their look together. Um, So I always love working with someone who's in the space of fashion because they're like, I know the perfect designer. They're having a trunk trunk show soon. You can go in and you can find the perfect look and walk out and knowing you're set. I also do agree with you. Having that venue set is going to really impact the look and the feel of the dress that you select. So you can go and try on a couple of things now, keep some items in, in the back of your mind. And once you sign seal on the venue, revisit the dress conversation and say, all right, I know exactly the one I want to wear. Yeah, that makes sense. So venue first, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Budget first. Budget first, Budget hands first. down. Then right. start shopping for all. Budget first, hands down. I'm going to tell you that every time. Then you find the, pr- the right venue. And then from your venue, everything generally unfolds rather easily. 
because you're probably using the venue shortlist. So your venues generally have a list of vendors that really work well in the space. And I always lean on those vent- those sheets a lot um, just because it's they know how to work in the space. They know how to load in. They know how to load out. You don't have to explain too many things, but also going on the right. venue's Instagram or going to photographers that shot at the venue or other planners that have worked at that venue and looking at the vendors that they've worked with to create their magic is a great way to do your own wedding planning without hire one. (laughs) Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly, Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. So Newly is a subscription clothing rental service for just $98 a month. You can get your choice of any six styles. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. There are no parameters. You get access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees. There's no late fees, no damage fees, no fees to pause or cancel. So no big deal if you like lose a button. Uh Uh-oh, I spilled something on it. Or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing all the way up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code brides20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code brides20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code brides20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. are you thinking about or what else is keeping you up at night or any hot questions? I think the idea is really helpful of, you know, getting a venue or a lot of these venues do have event coordinators and um, people that they work with clearly because they have these events or marriage, they have these weddings often. So that is something that I feel like I wasn't acknowledging. So knowing that Mm -hmm. and knowing that they have that makes me a little bit more um, comfortable. I'm not having a wedding party, but I do. I mean, I'm 35 and I felt like, I feel like for me personally, I feel like that ship has sailed with having a parade of of people walk down the aisle, but I do want to do something. And it does keep me up at night. I want to do something special for the girls that I would or would have been in my wedding party. And I want to but I wanted them to be part of my wedding in some special way, but I don't know what that is. <laughs> okay. I have a few ideas and it's funny. I got this from another wedding planner and she said she has her girls do a champagne hour. So when basically the best part of a wedding party is generally the getting ready portion. When you're all there having champagne in the, in the bathrobes, doing the whole thing. So she suggested that and I love this idea. I'm going to start incorporating it with my couples. But having your girls come and fellowship with you that morning of the wedding, have some champagne. They can choose to have their hair and makeup done if they want to. But I think having them around you while you're getting ready will make it feel like they're your wedding party. And Or you can have like a slumber party the night before and kind of do the same thing. If you're like, I really just want to wake up and do my own thing. I don't want anyone by my side in the morning. But 
having a special like where you're mimicking what a wedding party would be doing essentially like come let's have some light bites maybe we'll have some caviar around maybe we'll have you know some bagels whatever it is have some champagne and just enjoy and maybe you're the only one getting hair and makeup done and then they meet you at the ceremony and it's just fine what do you think about that too much, too little. What you think? It's happening. I love that. <laughs> okay. And you had me at caviar, and all my friends will just trickle in caviar and champagne. Exactly. That's it. That's it. A little surprise and delight. I love it. Exactly. Um, and and not having a wedding party is a great way to save money too. So you're not getting their bouquets. You're not having to pay for their hair and makeup. You're not having to, you know do anything with the dress shopping or shoes or this, that, and a third. So it's a, I think it's a great way to offset your budget as well. So good call on, on that for sure. But I understand you still wanting to have a little lady moment in the morning. I think that's a little, little something. <laughs> Speaking of actually bouquets and flowers, I, I don't want to, obviously my budget plays an important part, but I don't want my venue to be overcome with flowers because I know flowers can mm. be pretty pricey and that's not my fiance and I's like priority, but what's, what's, a, what advice do you give where I should focus on the flowers? I'm thinking more, um, instead of having flowers, perhaps along like the aisle I know this is Mm. this is a lot to deal with at the end closer to you know the niche the niche ideas but what are some other what are some recommendations where I can maximize the look of having flowers in the event space Mm. that you suggest there's a few different options the and I will say work with a florist that will talk to you about how to repurpose. And a lot of times that's what we're doing. We're repurposing flowers from a ceremony space and we're moving them to a reception space. So that way you're getting bang for your buck, right? When you're building like a full four structure chuppah, it's hard for us to move that someplace. (laughs) So it's hard for us to break that down and put it in another room, like without people seeing us carrying a big chuppah across the floor. So I always suggest when you're focusing on how to get the most out of your money, identify pieces that can be used again. We call them floor meadows, and that those are the flowers that kind of run along the floor of your aisle. I love doing that when I have maybe a circular ceremony. So sometimes I'll put the chairs in a circle and the couple stands in the middle, and we'll have the meadows around, but that way you're making the focal, the couple, you, your officiant or your rabbi or whomever, and that way the focal isn't on the flowers, it's on the both of you, and we're putting all of our money really towards that reception being your wow space. But if you're like, I have to have a huppa, my mom won't let it, like, no, I have to have it, or you have to have that four poster, think about fabric, think about maybe a lighter tone of flowers, but lean into more fabrics and lean into lighting as well. Um, Lighting is a great way to offset the cost of flowers and make it look like you've done a little bit more. I always put money towards the reception and maybe a meadow moment during the ceremony, but it really just depends on, I'll say this, your photographer is always capped, your ceremony or the pictures that you're going to have for forever. But think about where you might have a space in your venue where you can stage your portraits that already has a natural ambiance. So maybe you're getting married in a garden area. Take your pictures outside in the garden. That way you don't have to invest so much in your ceremony flowers. Just go step outside and you have a free backdrop. So when you're looking for a venue, I always definitely lean into what's a place that has kind of already a beautiful like wall with natural green vines on it that we could use as spaces to have great pictures where I don't have to bring in the flowers for it. Something to think about when you're shopping. Now I really want to get married in the fall because I feel like the greenery outside, if I take a picture yep. <laughs> and have that 
be the, the, the foliage, whatever. Yep. Yep. Have your portrait session outside. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah. That was helpful. Okay, good. And you're getting this band. Talk to me about music. Oh, I, music is the number one priority. Um, my, my cousin's a singer, so she has connections with, with specific bands. Um, so that is the number one thing that I want. So I want music from 60s, 70s, 80s to present. Um, I'm an old soul, so I love a little bit of Motown. <laughs> so if hey, I get a band that can this play... <laughs> If I could have a wedding that could play <laughs> Temptations all night and Frankie Valley, uh, uh, that's it. That's all I really want. I, I, I mean, I should probably ask my fiance, but that's the goal. The goal is for everyone <laughs> to just dance all night. Forget there's food okay. there. Forget about everything else. Just, just, just dance. Because I just feel as if any single time I've been to a wedding in the past, the only memory that I had personally was the bands or the DJ or whoever. That's mm-hmm. the memory I mm-hmm. had. And that's the memory I want all my, my guests to have. So, and my family is a big dancing family, a big party family. Um, so I really, that's the, that's the number one priority. So yeah, right. I, I got to start looking up. Look, I don't know if you have any suggestions or, or about you know finding bands, or how will mm-hmm. I know if what what band's going to be the right band for me? You know, versus you know because they probably you know when you meet them or the, they probably say well we play everything, but how do I know I'm going to be satisfied <laughs> <laughs> personally with my? This is great. I want to hear. This is I great. want them to really. I want to feel like I'm at a concert. <laughs> okay, I see. Okay, two things here. Think, okay, things to think about. The structure of your event, because it sounds like you want to get a lot of music in, and usually when you're structuring a wedding, and this is a question to ask your venue, how long am I dancing? How long is the dinner? Sometimes a dinner is running about two hours. So if, you're, if your reception is like a six to 10 situation, you're dancing for that two, only two, more, two hours after you've had dinner. Now, if you're like Fallon, I, two hours isn't enough. I, I need, I haven't even gotten into the Motown set yet. I would consider, and this is a formality thing, and this might be a non-negotiable for you, but something to consider. Having a cocktail style reception where you have food stations all around, but your room is built like a party. You've got lounge furniture. You've got some tables with seating. You've got some high boy tables. The, the dance floor is this checkerboard moment. You've got the strobe lights going. When people walk in from cocktail hour, they don't know what hit them. They are in the, they are in the club. They're in the party. Food is all around. They're able to graze. They're able to choose their own adventure. There may be macaroni and cheese in one quarter, fettuccine in the other. You've got a sushi station over there. Have fun. But the focus is that band, well lit. You've got probably 12 pieces. You've got your horn section. You've got the drums over here. They're having the ultimate party the moment they walk in that room. Songs are up. Now, that if you if party is your is your potion, that's what I would suggest on a format. But if you're like, Fallon, I'm okay. If just a little light background, noise, music, whatever, then a full plate at dinner. Because sometimes that just drags out with toast, this, that, and the third. So just think about the what the vibe is and the formality of that night and how you want it to feel for everyone. Thoughts? 
I love that idea. I, I was a little bit concerned about, because I did have this thought in my mind about the buffet-like portion versus a seated dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, if that would be a little chaotic, perhaps, for, for the guests, um, or based upon the number of people who I want to attend, might, maybe that won't be the case, because it hopefully will only be 100 people. Um, so that's a, that, that was a little bit of my my concern as well as having a buffet style versus um, a, just a sit down um, course evening. I can see that, and it 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 can if you're it can if the guest count gets too high. But I think it's really working with your catering partner to make sure there's multiple stations in various parts of the room, and that you're not focusing. You don't get a bottleneck. And not everyone's running to the same station for the sliders, but there's sliders also over there on that side. So it's like curating a menu that makes sense and you're spreading food throughout. And maybe if people who don't like to dance, sometimes the cocktail hour space will keep food out there so that if you if they just want to chill and have a vibe that's more relaxed, they can sit out there if they'd like. But I think it's really focusing on having enough food for everyone to graze. But again, talk to your venue, talk to your catering partner to say, if I really want to, if I really want good duck and maybe a good bronzino, like let's sit down and eat this like civilized people. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Okay. <laughs> um, but how to find how to find a band? I would say what I always do is, of course, I ask them for. You're going to ask them for set list. They can play any song. Some of the bands that we work with have showcases where you can go and you can see them perform in real time. And usually you can send them like, hey, I want to hear The Temptations. I got to do a horror. Can you play some of these songs so that I know what the vibe is? Can you throw in a little Whitney? What are we hearing? And that way they can perform for you and you can actually feel like you're in it. So find bands. When you're reaching out to them, say, hey, this is my vibe. Wondering, do you offer any showcases or is there a way that, that my fiance and I can come and see you? Yeah, that would be helpful to see them live for ourselves rather than, you know, hiring mm-hmm. a band from hearsay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which happens often and it's not terrible. Um, but I think it's really having robust conversations with them, asking them to send footage from their um, prior uh, weddings would be really nice. And get really clear about sound is more important to me than the band. So make sure you're when you're having conversations with the band, you're asking a lot of questions about their sound equipment. Does a sound tech also stay on site the entire time? I think that's an important, that's an important thing that I always want, just in case the speakers get pitchy, things get weird. Make sure there's always a tech that is staying on site to make sure the sound is impeccable the entire time. That actually leads me to another thing. Sometimes your venue has sound that is included in the venue. So when you're going to your venue site visit, sometimes say, is sound included? Because then your band will already have the sound to be able to pipe into. You guys can discuss and you might get a little budget cut. We'll see. (laughs) Love a budget cut. (laughs) Love a budget cut. Okay. Love a budget cut. All right. That was, that was lovely. You have a lot ahead of you. I'm so excited. Your wedding's going to be awesome. And please invite me. I'm ready to dance the night away. I'll play vendor. You're invited. <laughs> and, but along with all of your wedding plans, you're now thinking about that honeymoon. We're thinking Paris for three days, a little bit of Italy. You're definitely wanting to include some culture, some activities. You want to relax on a beach with a little Aperol spritz, it sounds like. So we have just the expert for you.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now it's time to ask our expert. Each episode, we'll be inviting wedding experts and insiders onto the podcast to dig deeper into our bride's biggest problems areas. Today, our guest is Allison Kobaski, co-owner of Over the Moon Vacations. You might recognize Over the Moon from both Jordana and Nicole, who use them for their honeymoons. We are going to use Allison's expertise to help Diana get a head start in planning her honeymoon. Welcome, Allison. Hi. Hi. So nice to meet you. So nice to meet you. Love talking to a new bride. Although you might be, you might not be new. When were you engaged? You're right. I, I am new. Saturday. Congrats. Congrats. Oh my god! And you're like already ready. I feel like the funny thing is like. When you get engaged, people are like, so when's the wedding? And you're like, give me a minute, you know? Yeah, but exactly. Like, but you're for ready. me, I'm like, I'm ready to go on my honeymoon right now. So. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and some people are like, I've been planning these things since I was like five. And like, you're ready to rock and roll. I love that. Exactly. <laughs> so Diana is now planning a wedding in six months. She is aiming for a, a post-Labor Day oh, uh, celebration. She She is in it to win it. But with that, she also needs to plan this fabulous honeymoon. And she's looking at Paris Mm -hmm. meets Italy, a little culture, some activities. I see a little truffle moment, Mm -hmm. maybe some Aperol spritz in. But she also mentioned she wants to relax on the beach. So how should she plan out a week-long trip splitting that time between Paris and Italy? I have questions, first of all. So how did you pick these destinations? And then I can kind of guide you in the right direction. I, I've been to Paris once when I was seven, so I don't think that counts. Mm -hmm. And my fiance has never been to Paris or Italy. And I felt as if now that we're adults, we deserve (laughs) a romantic, chic Paris getaway. And along with Italy, you know, there's so much culture and I know there's wineries. Um, I was in Italy abroad when I was 19. So Living in a hostel is a little bit different than staying at a lovely, maybe five-star hotel. So (laughs) I think it's for both of us, it's a new experience and we want to maximize our time when we're all the way traveling to to Paris. We like to like maybe Mm -hmm. go someplace else since we're already on that side of the globe. (laughs) I love it. Um, Cool. And you have a week or is there any flexibility in the amount of time? Uh, We're looking at seven to 10 days. Oh, perfect. Okay. We've got more time. That's great. Okay. So here's my thought is Paris is a great jumping off point because I'm assuming you're from New York. I am. (laughs) Amazing. I don't know why most of our clients are from New York. Um, There's so many great nonstops from New York to Paris. Um, And it's a perfect place to start because, you know, some people have that like thick adrenaline going Um, You can hit the ground running with museums, um, beautiful gardens, like day trips and fun activities. Like a lot of our clients will go like biking through Versailles and on food tours or learn how to make like macarons. Um, But that gives you the city element. And one of the most important things for me as a planner is balance. So in recommending what you're going to do for the rest of the trip, I would say you love wine. Let's hit Tuscany. Like 
can't miss it. Um, Tuscany is very similar to the way San Francisco is to Napa. So you might want to start in Florence, um, have a couple days there. Is that where you studied abroad? I studied abroad in London, but I went to Florence, Venice, oh. and Rome on a, with my Pat, you're backpack. You're a trotter. Uh, yeah. So, okay. but I wasn't going to wineries. <laughs> Florence. Well, shh, maybe you weren't publicly going to wineries. You know what? The wineries were coming to you. I bet. I bet. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Say no more. So anywho, you can start in Florence and just for a couple of days, because it's very different from Paris. I mean, if you've been, you know, Paris is big city vibes, right? And Florence is smaller. So like very, wa- like Paris is walkable, but it's huge. Florence, you can literally get from point A to point B in 10 minutes. So I think it's a great place for you to transition, um, spend a couple days, incredible food, um, really fun experiences. Again, like if you guys like, and I want to ask about you and your fiance, of course. Um, but if you like things like cooking classes and beautiful art, fabulous place, and then go 45 minutes to Tuscany, obviously drink all the wine you can. There's everything from boutique wineries to these like major brands that you've heard of before. And it's a perfect place to relax. And then you can have the coastal experience at the end, Capri or Positano, I know you were interested in, and then you get city, countryside and beach, which is like the trifecta. Yep. That sounds perfect to me. I love it. Okay. And then secondly, there's so many things that go into like where to stay. So it's not just like go to Paris. There's like probably a thousand minimum hotels and it's very overwhelming, I bet, to look through all the options. So the first and most important thing is what's your style? Because I'll get on Instagram and people will be like, what's the best hotel in Paris? To which I say like, best is subjective. It's based on a number of things. Like what are your priorities? Is it location? Is it design? Is it budget? And once you have a clear idea of what those things are, then I can guide you in the right direction. So whatever you feel comfortable sharing, and you don't have to say budget on air. I know that's a sensitive subject, but I can give you kind of a a splurge and a conservative maybe for each place just to guide you. And then, you know, you guys can do your thing. I, I, my, my fiance and I, we come to the conclusion we we have saved and we really, we want to really just enjoy and go all out. So kind of implying we would love to stay at like a beautiful five-star hotel um, because we're not going to always be traveling to Europe together as a married couple without kids. So we want to just really just, just take advantage of this time. Amen, sister. Okay. Well, on that note, that's my specialty. (laughs) (laughs) Can I jump in really quick, Allison? At some point I want to understand when you're saying splurge too, Thinking out loud of should she be using a special credit card maybe to pay for some of her wedding vendors or should she be looking to pay for wedding expenses on a credit card where maybe she can use some of these points to use for the honeymoon or thinking out loud there? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, Not that I'm the points girl, but I do call myself that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I have two cards that I'm obsessed with right now. So the Chase Sapphire Reserve. Do you have that one? Have it. You go, girl. Do you have the Amex Platinum? Don't have it. Don't need it. Okay, Okay. here's what I'm going to say. One or the other. So if you have the reserve, that's fabulous. So there's two things that you can do. When you have the reserve, the most valuable thing you can do with your points is use them for your flights. Because that's the biggest expense, especially if you're like trying to fly business or first class. So for example, if you were to redeem your points for a hotel stay, it might cost you 100,000 points to stay at the Ritz, right? 
but it might cost you 100,000 points to fly business class, where the redemption is way greater because the retail value of that ticket could be five, $6,000 versus like that hotel night might only cost a thousand. So you want to think in terms of like point to dollar ratio, right? Wow. So keep that in mind. Two cool ways that you can transfer your points are one, if you redeem them in the Chase Ultimate Rewards portal with that card, you get a 50% mileage bonus. So if you apply your points towards the retail costs of something, whether that's a hotel or a flight, you get 50% more miles than you have or points than you have. So say you have 100,000 points, you now have 150,000 points to use. No one knows that. So you're welcome. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, So if you find a better redemption, so say like the the retail cost of something is just way too high. Like you don't want to spend five grand on a flight. That's crazy. The other option is with that card, you can transfer to a travel partner. What that means is that partners of Chase, like United and any, you know, airline within the Star Alliance or British Airways and any airline within the One World Alliance are available to you. This might be gibberish, so we can talk offline. <laughs> but if you look up the the redemption value, you might be able to fly to Paris for, I don't know, 120,000 points round trip in business. So transferring your points to a travel partner might cost you less miles than redeeming them in the portal, even with your mileage bonus. So it's worth it to look mm. both ways. If you're flying economy, that might be a better value to do in the ultimate rewards portal. So I feel like your mind is blown right now. My mind is is, <laughs> is completely blown right now. I didn't even right. think I didn't even think about taking advantage of my points and oh transferring in that regard. That's the move, and that's the time to do it. Like you've been saving, treat yourselves. Like I don't know if people even know what the business class experience is like, but like open bar, ridiculous multi course meals, big TV yes. screens to watch your movies, lie flat seats. Like you can actually sleep in a bed on the plane. Like there's so many perks, and you get there well rested and feeling like royalty versus like having sciatica. Yeah, you know, from sitting up for seven pain. hours. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. And then you hate your your fiance or your husband already because you're in so much pain and you're like, that was painful. <laughs> Just kidding. So when your vendors are sending you a bill and they're like, hey, you can pay via credit card, but there's a 3% fee. Sometimes that 3% fee is actually worth it based on the benefits you're going to get on the back end. Mm-hmm. So yes, you can send the wire, but just think about all those points that could get you closer to staying in the Ritz in Paris, having a whole Emily in Paris moment, just flagging for you. That is gold. Are you getting married at a hotel or a venue? That's TBD. Um, okay, got it. So we'll see. She's looking um, at both. I'm looking at both. Ooh. Oh my God. Okay. Well, if it's a hotel, that's a great opportunity to use your card because then you get five points per dollar on a travel purchase. So you'll get even more points towards your tickets or hotels or whatever. If you're not sta- if you don't decide to have a wedding at a hotel, any guests that are coming out of town just offer to pay for their room and they can reimburse you or set up a room block and put your credit card down because then I can transfer points from there. Right? Yeah, so that way you can get as many as many as you can. Like if you do a room block and they require you to sign a contract and use your credit card to put down and then your guests will pay for their rooms or whatever it is, figure out a way to get as many hotel points as you can from the hotel blocks that you're creating. Yeah. I have two more thoughts on that. One is that if you're doing a group block, we offer that service for free. Secondly, if you do a Marriott or (laughs) (laughs) if you're doing any kind of like big chain, 
like a Marriott, a Hyatt, they'll often um, include like a clause in your contract that gets you points for the amount of revenue that you generate. So let's say your block books $40,000. You might get like two points per dollar on whatever you book as Marriott, Bonvoy points or whatever. So it's just like, get it from all angles, girl. I'm flying to Paris, first class, that's it. No ifs, ands, or mm-hmm. but. Like Fergie, up in the Amen. sky. Amen. So Mm -hmm. how should she be traveling now between the cities? Um, I mean, I I know Europe is great for their trains and I love taking the train because it allows you to kind of see and experience. There's also the Belmont Orient Express, which I'm waiting for my 40th birthday to experience. But anyway, what should, how should she be moving (laughs) between, because also the flights are way less expensive to get from Paris to Italy. It's like 60 bucks or something. Should she be trying to use those points to, to also like travel that way or do you no. suggest a train? Okay. All right, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Use your points for the most valuable thing. So the, whatever is the highest cost, that's what you want to offset. So like those flights for 60 bucks, pay cash or whatever, still earn your points or use your credit card. That's what I mean by pay cash. Um, so big ticket items, that's where you're going to get the most value. But to go from Paris to a place like Florence, it's just a quick nonstop flight. And there's plenty of airlines that service it. Um, ranging from like a nicer, more known airline like Air France to like the spirits of <laughs> Europe, like, you know, Ryanair and EasyJet, like no offense, but like the spirits um, where like you may have a baby sitting on your lap, like from another family. I've heard that is a thing or like you're holding people's luggage. I've had that experience. Cannot confirm yeah. or deny this. Yep. But anywho, that is a cost effective way. I've flown EasyJet many times. I think it's fine. Um And then that's kind of going to be your only flight. So if you go the route that we were talking about, so going to Florence, then to get to Tuscany, it's either a car service or um, renting a car. When I go, I like to rent a car because Tuscany is huge. And like, if you're Mm -hmm. people who like to explore, um, you know, everything is really spread out. So if you stay in Chianti, you're going to need a car to get 90 minutes to Cortona or Siena, vice versa. Um, But if you want to just do like organized experiences, like say you want to go truffle hunting with puppies or, you know, (laughs) (laughs) we'll be there. We're just going to show up. Now that we know what you're doing, you're going to see us and be like, why are you here? (laughs) (laughs) The more the merrier at this point. Truffle truffle hunting? Yes, ma'am. Let's go. They're so cute. So they dig out, they're trained to smell the truffle and they dig them. And then you go and have a truffle like dining experience. So they'll shave the truffles and you'll have like a multi-course truffle meal, but enough on truffles. Actually never enough about truffles. Never enough. Macaroni um, and cheese with truffles, please. (laughs) So anywho, so for Tuscany, if you're going to do a lot of organized experiences, you don't need a car. But if you're someone that likes to explore on your own and hop around, you absolutely need one. So just keep that in mind. Um, And then from there, if you wanted to go to somewhere in the coast, I would skip Lake Como for this time of year. Like if you're going to go in October, is that your plan? That's the plan, yeah. Okay. If you go anytime in September, it's fine. But if you go in October, it gets really chilly in the north. So that's when I would go south if the goal is to like drink, you know, margaritas on the beach or whatever. Aperol spritzes. Sorry, we're not in Mexico. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So anywho, from there, this is kind of where it's a doozy. It's It's a kind of a long travel day, but worth every moment. If you choose Capri, what you'll do is Tuscany back to Florence, right? So car service or your car, drop off the car. Then you're going to take a train from Florence to Naples. Naples, Italy is about three hours away. And then 
from Naples, you got to get to the ferry station. That's when I would arrange a car service. So it's like 15, 20 minutes ferry across to Capri. So the total travel time is roughly like wherever you're staying in Tuscany, plus the three hour train ride, plus the ferry, plus the car. So maybe like six ish hours in total. Well worth it. And you can break it up a little bit. Like if you wanted to go to Tuscany before Florence, like go Paris, get into Florence and then Tuscany first, make your way kind of back. That will save you that piece of transport. Now, if you choose something coastal like Positano, Sorrento or Amalfi, Ravello, there's a lot of great towns. You skip the ferry and instead you just take a car service from the train station to the hotel. It's about 90 minutes and we have amazing, (laughs) we have, this is a consultation. Um, There are amazing (laughs) drivers and car service companies that can take you. Um, And I would recommend that instead of renting a car because these windy roads are like insane. Like there's no railing and you're on a cliff and there's like passenger buses that are just like taking it at Mm -hmm. hundred miles an hour. So let the experts do the driving here. Not worth it. In for Capri, you they won't even. In Capri, I couldn't even rent a car. Like it's, they only allow mm-hmm. the locals to drive because of the roads being so wild. And but the cabs were like fifty dollars to go like two seconds. Oh my god! So think out loud about even open, contracting like your hotel. Bucks. They're so cute. I was like, this is the best ever. They're it's so worth cute. it. But walk. Up, I would say, and you can tell us how to arrange transportation. Should she work with a hotel or? this, that, and the third, but keep going. And honestly, I always tell people like, it's cute. It's not like you're in a yellow taxi on Capri. You're literally in like a VW bug with the top down. Like you've never seen this before. It's just the cutest thing ever. It's so like, you want to take a taxi. Oh. Does not matter what the cost is. Like, even if it's a one minute walk, take the taxi, you know, like it's part mm-hmm. of the Instagram experience. I'm envisioning a, a really cool Instagram moment right now. I see you like wind and hair. Like I see it perfectly right now yep that's a you scarf that's moment it. blowing in the wind let's do oh. it mm-hmm. <laughs> had <laughs> I sunglasses looking off hey. 100%. as a girl who's done a similar trip like this I carried lots of luggage and I don't know <laughs> how Diana is a fashionista or not and how many bags she's taking but what are your thoughts on how to pack light um, but I also know there are services that I've used before that will ship your luggage to your hotel and kind of unpack it and hang it up and all that other stuff. So what do you suggest for honeymooners and packing for trips with has multiple stops? Yeah, I have a few schools of thought. I mean, we have a lot of influencer clients that bring like eight suitcases. And to that, I say like, Love good that. luck, but like, <laughs> you know, the content is fabulous. You know, you don't want to do that. You're getting on a train most likely yourself. Like you can use a porter service, which is a company that you hire to take your bag. So like, for example, if you were to take a ferry to Positano, like say you were staying in Capri, you take a ferry to go to Positano and end your trip there. If you could fit both, then I would have a porter collect your luggage, bring it up to the hotel for you. That way you're not schlepping it all by yourself. Um, for packing light, because you'd be going in a somewhat warm season, just bring like lightweight dresses, rompers, jumpsuits, things that pack easily. The second thing is use space in your husband's luggage. He doesn't need it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing is you're going to these destinations that have fabulous shopping. So like one of my favorite tricks, and this is kind of like ridiculous, but like bring stuff that is cute, but that you don't care about leaving behind and you can buy new stuff like my husband will kill me for saying this. He's like, that's why our credit card bill is so high. Um, But you can, yeah, like bring some cute dresses, 
and then ditch them or things that are like, maybe have a hole in them. And then you're like, okay, I'm fine. <laughs> never seeing this again. hundred percent. I love that idea. I love the idea of just using my husband's luggage and just, yeah, they packing. don't need it. They don't, they'll, they'll, he's going to take two pairs of jeans with him, a bathing suit and like, and a top. I'll take the whole luggage. You know, what's funny though, is I say that. And like my husband packs more than me. Like he has a, he's like a diehard shoe person. And I don't know. You said David, right? David. Yeah. I don't know if David has this shoe collection, but it's like, he's got a whole bag of shoes. I'm like, who do you need a new wow. pair for every day? Like who needs this? But it's funny. It just really depends <laughs> on the couple. Right. 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 <laughs> well, it sounds like David's going to take a backpack and all of the suitcases will be for Diana. And <laughs> once be you like get a there, toiletry bag for David. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> any any other travel tips or things that we missed um, to make sure Diana's all set? We've got travel points. We got how to get there. Any other details? Yeah, I want to tell you about some hotels because I think that's probably something really exciting for you. Like for me, and it's interesting. Every couple is very different, right? So, like I was saying before, priorities are different. But like that's part of the fun. Like, where are you going to stay? What are the views? Like, what's your room going to be like? Or your views and stuff? Does that matter to you? It does yes. matter to me to be transparent. Uh, I would love I a love beautiful it. view, especially like I know it's cliche, but even in Paris, with, I mean, I know it's probably hard to have a view of the Eiffel Tower, but that would be something so special. Um, of course. To share with David. So yeah, views are, 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 I think, top priority for us. Amazing. Okay. So going back on my like splurge and, and save kind of mentality, Cheval Blanc has views of both Notre Dame Cathedral and the Eiffel Tower. It's spectacular. Um, and they also, if, if the price is too high, have a fabulous couple of restaurants with those same views and like outdoor terraces. And it's unbelievable. And you can see like at night when the Eiffel Tower is sparkling, just that whole backdrop. It's really, really special. Um, if the price point is too high, I really like Le Narcisse Blanc. Um, it's a boutique SLH, so small luxury hotels property. Um, still super luxe, but just won't break your budget. And one of the things that I tell brides and grooms um, is that you want to splurge in the place where it's most meaningful. Um, so if you're going to be out and about in Paris and the goal is to do like a lot of adventuring, that might not be the place to spend the bulk of your budget. You might want to save that for the coast or for Tuscany where like the, the resort really matters. Um, and it always matters, but you know what I mean? Like you just want to be really strategic in how you spend. Um Tuscany to save, I say Como Castello del Nero. It's not cheap by any means, but it's definitely a more cost-effective five-star option with a great wellness vibe. So if you guys like great spa or like yoga in the mornings, amazing. And Chianti is only 45 minutes outside of the city. So you're not going so far that it's like a whole other commute. If you want to be in Siena, the Rosewood Castiglione is, in my opinion, the most spectacular hotel um, in Tuscany. I mean... Views for days. If you like Peloton, Allie Love just went there for her honeymoon. Um, oh, and it's yeah. really, really cool. Um, and then going to Florence, again, you probably don't need to splurge here, but anything in the Lungarno collection, I love. All like centrally located hotels, so super walkable, luxe with like modern touches, but they still feel local. So it's very special. Mm. Um, and then on the coast... Capri, you got to stay at Caesar Augustus. I'm not even going to give you like another okay. option. Write that down. And <laughs> yeah, it is I, I am. beyond words. So it's family owned. It's a Relay and Chateau property. They have a garden where all their fresh fruits, veggies, and herbs are grown. So everything that you get at 
like the restaurant is literally picked from the garden. So if you get jam at breakfast, it was made that day. If you get a caprese, it's the tomato and the fresh made mozzarella. Like I cannot tell you the basil from the garden. And you'll be greeted when you get there by the owner himself, like with a rose from the garden and they make it so special. And that's just like the experience. The infinity pool with the ocean or the ocean, the the sea view backdrop is another thing. Like we'll take your breath away. Then if you do the coast, I'm going there. I'm going, no, I'm going there. That is where that's, that you sold me. You sold me on the greeting from the owner giving me the flower. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. It's just special. And I think the hard thing is like it some is. people are like, I have a million Marriott points. Use them if you if you have them. But it's like sometimes, and I love Mar- I love a good Marriott. And there's a lot of great hotels in that collection. But sometimes these family-owned properties are so like warm and intimate and they make you feel so special. And as a travel agent, my goal is to create those moments for people where it's like mm. you feel more special than you've ever felt in your lives. Is there anything that Diana should possibly be saying when she's booking rooms, like other than saying it's my honeymoon? Are there any like pro hacks of like how to get the best kind of rooms or experiences or things to say in the comment section? Like when you go to a restaurant, it's my birthday, give me the cake. But is there anything she should be referencing (laughs) when booking um, to make sure she gets the best experience or an extra special one? Yeah. And you know what? This is not even me being like from a travel agent's perspective. Most travel agencies are either free or charge a nominal fee. And they have these relationships with hotels that get you extra perks. So for example, some agencies like mine have preferred partnerships and virtuoso amenities, meaning that if you book a property within that collection, you get a $100 resort credit, you get an upgrade on arrival, some other surprises that I don't want to spoil for you. So by simply booking with a travel agent, you unlock all these benefits that you might not get on your own. That's the first thing. And then you don't have to awkwardly be like, it's my honeymoon. Like, what are you going right. to do? Like the travel agent sets it all up and surprises you. Um, and just like, so that you know, and like, <laughs> who knows? Like if you work with a travel agent in general or even yeah. on your own, like sometimes the hotels take their own initiative. So this can still happen if you don't use one. So don't worry. Um, but they'll like... Like I go on Instagram and find a picture of the wedding of my clients. I send it to the hotel and it's framed and waiting in their room. So like at some hotels that will do this with me, it's the first, it's the first printed and framed photo of their wedding. And that moment, again, as my job being someone who creates special moments, makes people cry. Like it's so you're in this magical place, your first trip as husband and wife, like those things you, you might not be able to do for yourself. Um, that's not to say any other way of booking is not right because I booked my own honeymoon through like Expedia and like, it's a great way to travel too. It just depends. I would say that there's like a hierarchy of booking and the most beneficial way for a hotel is if you're not going to use an agent to book directly with the hotel, then they don't have to split any of their revenue with another channel. And they're more likely to do some, some extra special stuff like upgrades for you. Thank you for that. <laughs> All right. So back to Positano. <laughs> back to Positano. Okay. So Positano, and I have to warn you. So Italy this summer is like going to take your like future child's college savings account. Like, and I, <laughs> I mean that in the least scary way possible. So rooms that formerly might've been like 800 euros a night are 2000 euros a night in this coming season. And you might get oh. lucky because October is shoulder season. I know it's like robbery, but, um, worth it. In shoulder season, meaning not the heart of peak season. So Italy in October is still beautiful, but it's not as high demand or crowded. So you might get better deals, A. 
Um, and B, the weather will still be like wonderful. Um, so anywho, you might, you might get lucky. It might not be so crazy. So I love Lister and Hughes. That's like what you probably see every celebrity or influencer looking for their honeymoons in the heart of Positano, incredible views, a Michelin star restaurant. Like I can go on and on. Um, if you don't want to be in the heart of Positano, you can go to Il San Pietro, which is like a 15 minute ride away. And they do shuttle service to and from also five star. They have their own beach club. Um, just it's phenomenal. Like I can't say enough. And also a Michelin star restaurant. And then if you want to save a little bit, um, Villa Franca, uh, also SLH, so small luxury hotels is probably the only modern five star hotel on the coast or one of the only ones. Um, it's really high up in the cliffs. So the views are phenomenal of like all the, you know, colorful cliffside buildings in the water. Um, and that'll be a more cost effective five star option. I'm thinking now I was going to do three days in Paris and then the rest traveling around Italy. And now I'm thinking I want to focus more on Italy and maybe just do two days in Paris, stay at a boutique hotel, which you referenced. Cause I feel like there's a lot of options clearly in different types of hotels. If I want, if I have a budget, I want to be really smart about my budget and these mm. experiences specifically from Tuscany, Florence, Tuscany to Capri or Positano or, or I think very, very more, more intimate and a little bit mm-hmm. more special than just the cliche Paris viewing the Eiffel Tower and, 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 and all that for three nights. Cause you're going to fly first class and you're, you're going to use all your points to fly first class. You're going to sleep on the airplane. You're going to be in Paris. You'll be rested and go get your croissant and be on your way. I agree. Two days there is enough. It's literally New York plus just in French, you know, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a city. I think yeah. a, two days there is a good call. And again, you might see Allison and I hanging out in some of the bushes just peeking. We'll be like, you're edge. here too? That's crazy. We have <laughs> your exact so itinerary. Weird. <laughs> oh my God. So funny. So crazy. So funny seeing yeah. you here. <laughs> Well, Allison, thank you so much. If you guys want to hear more from Allison, she is at Over the Moon Vacations. I think everyone's going to be reaching out now to plan, if not just a honeymoon, a girl's trip. That's I might call you. But yeah. I think right now we're, we're going to get into some more, some more sauce with these unpopular opinions. Now it's time for Unpopular Opinions, sponsored by Generation Tux. All right, so we just talked to Diana. She's got six months to plan a wedding. And for us, that also means she's going to need to help her fiance get a suit. So Generation Tux completely overhauled and improved every aspect of the men's fashion rental experience to make sure they look and feel amazing. They believe that life's most special events should involve high quality, convenient, and affordable option for men's formal wear. So without further ado, let's get into our unpopular opinions. All right, so we asked our Instagram followers what they think of unpopular wedding trends. So we're going to compare right now, and you tell us what we think, um, and we're going to see what the listeners think. All right? So first one, keeping the garter toss. What do you guys think? The gar- I never even – that was not even in my vision for, for the garter <laughs> toss. I, 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 I see that on – I know. I'm like, I, what's a garter toss? I, I see, I see like, like <laughs> it in movies or on TV. I would say keep that for the bedroom. Yeah. 
You toss it. You don't need to toss it to the to the guy. Keep Just that toss it to the. Uh, I 100% side of your hotel. agree. Uh, yeah. I, I, I find mm-hmm. it delightfully inappropriate. All right. We are all in agreement. 16% <laughs> said yes, and 84% said absolutely not. Um, so we are in the 84%. Diana, I don't even know what your ring looks like. What do we think about oval engagement rings? What are we thinking? I think they're very pretty. Um, they're they're mm-hmm. making a comeback. I don't have an oval. I, I have a pair. But um, they Ooh, are trendy. making a comeback. Uh, <laughs> I like them. Not for my, my, not for my finger, but for someone else. Allison, what say you? I think they're beautiful. I love an oval engagement ring. I really do. Agreed. Me too. Covers more ground. <laughs> more bang for your buck. <laughs> um, oval engagement <laughs> rings. We got a 73%. We're all about the oval. Um, and 27% said not, not really feeling it. So I think we're, 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 we're trending people. We know what we're talking about. Okay, next up, weekend-long bachelorette trips. And I think, Allison, what do you think? Mm-hmm. 100% yes. Good for your Here's business. Here's why. <laughs> well, no, I don't actually sell any bachelor. You'll see on my website, it's like, not planning bachelorette. Um, I'll tell you why another time offline. <laughs> but it's such a special time to spend with your girls. Because once you get married, once you have kids, it's hard to get that time again don't make you don't have to make it the most expensive thing ever where your friends are paying a fortune but like it's just like special time for you so I'm all for it a hundred percent I'm that's actually what my friends and I are planning to do I first felt a little bit insecure um asking my friends to to spend money on me and that's like a little insecurity of mine but they all came to me they said we want to get away also we want to enjoy and celebrate you but we also want to get away from our husbands or friends or parents 100 percent. so i want to come you're coming (laughs) we're going we might be there too (laughs) okay cool (laughs) i agree and allison and i might be there next to you but no worries it'll be fun you're invited (laughs) So I think we're all in agreement that, and also this is another way to, since you're not having the wedding party, having your girls join you on a trip, it's another, you're doing all the steps of bachelorette moments and wedding party moments just without the dress shopping. Uh, 41% said yes. Oh, and 59% said no. Why not? You know what those people are thinking? Those are the people who've already been on 10 and have no money left. That part. They're like, that please, part. no more weekend long. Yep. Speaking of, Diana, make sure you... <laughs> when it comes to taking on the bill, don't don't forget to use that credit card with this um, trip because that's just adding on your points. So when the girls are like, Who, should we split? And you're like, absolutely not. Just go ahead and run that card I down and have it. a Venmo, Venmo me. me. A Venmo me. I need these mm-hmm. points, sister friends. All right, and that's it for our Unpopular Opinion, sponsored by Generation Tux. Generation Tux takes the stress out of styling and managing your wedding party, which is definitely not an unpopular opinion here. Generation Tux specializes in online suit and tuxedo rentals with high-quality men's formal wear rentals starting at $99 and award-winning customer service. And best of all, you get free round-trip shipping, virtual consultations with customer experience and stylists, and online tools to help you plan the perfect wedding. You can try Generation Tux for yourself by visiting generationtux.com. So build your head-to-toe looks, get free swatches, a free home try-on, and manage your entire wedding party online. That's G-E-N-E-R-A-T-I-O-N-T-U-X.com. 
So that's it for this week's episode of Betches Brides. Allison, where can people find you on social media? At Over the Moon Vacations on Facebook and Insta. All right. And Diana, if people want to follow along on this fabulous, basically your fabulous honeymoon, um, where can they find you on social? Sure. I'm at D Henenberg, H-E-N-E-N-B-E-R-G. Lovely. All right. Thank you, ladies. Follow the show at Betches Brides on Instagram. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. We'll have new episodes every single Monday. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Thank you so much for listening until death do us part. Betches.